0: Hi, this is Brian Abbott from The Morning Stream, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio.
1: Danger, Will
2: Robinson, danger. I'm no doctor, but that sounds painful. Any survivors?
1: The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. <laughs>
2: I don't like this place. Alive. (laughs) It's alive. It's alive!
1: Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals have seized control of the interwebs. This is Casually Hardcore Live on (laughs) AlphaGeekRadio.com. For Sunday, the 15th of December, the year is almost gone, 2013, this is Casually Hardcore and I am GnomeWise. And I'm Grail. You are the world. No, that was from a long time ago yeah. on a different planet. Uh, it is once again Dumb Folk, as uh, we just can't seem to tempt the women uh, to join us anymore. I, think, uh, I don't know, what did you do to piss yours off? <laughs> uh i, I mean her, other than existing i made her gallbladder do bad things yes. apparently i made mine get on a plane to go be the breadwinner for our household that's and right we're, we're bad bad evil husbands that's not a bad that sounds better
0: than the gallbladder thing at least she's coming back with some dinero <laughs> yeah, instead of yeah. sending dinero yeah exactly go pay, go my plan is me. terrible apparently <laughs> mm,
1: apparently we fail yeah uh so happy and warm thoughts uh I'll head in Dax's direction as she gets poked and prodded and otherwise put under the scope to see what up yep. on the inside. Yeah, Happy, happy, joy, joy. We're getting freaking old. Yeah. Well,
0: we need to get her. I got to get her at least to the point where she can sit comfortably for probably, what, two, two and a half hours. So we can go see the new Hobbit. Fan ah, yes. Three hour uh, marathon. Is it a three hour? Yeah, it's close to three. Apparently. Okay. All right. So good to know. I mean, I have people that have seen it. I've read some of the reviews. And everybody's been so
1: far very consistent in their opinion. So the, the opinion I've seen over and over again is better than the first one. Mm-hmm. Still not awesome. What I've seen is
0: that there's there's pieces of it that are awesome. And there's an overwhelming feeling that he put in a lot of extra stuff that didn't need to be there. It, that the I, the original plan of two movies was probably the probably right the one. way to go because yeah. the stuff they added, even though I mean they like the fight scenes are supposedly incredible and everything's going well, mm-hmm. it's just the addition of these fight scenes that were not in the books just kind of made the story drag some, even though they were cool. And you know, obviously, Legolas being there, and them having some sort of
1: triangle, weird love triangle thing going on. It's... Well, they got Toriel, which they have the woman from Lost, right? Evangeline Lily, yeah. And apparently, she and uh, Keeley are making eyes towards each other during this movie. Yeah. So you got dwarf, dwarf, elf, elf. Weird love triangle action happening. Sweet.
0: So I don't know. I mean, I I definitely want to see it. And uh, our esteemed producer, who will acknowledge at some point, who <laughs> what Barry puts in that uh, smog points uh, bits were awesome, which is the same thing I've heard. You know, in the reviews is that yeah, the dragon is incredibly cool. They have good play off each other, just like I thought in the first Hobbit movie. The best scene was the riddle scene, yep, with him and Gollum, because it was the most. Uncare, like the tone of the movie shifted at that point. Like yeah. Suddenly it went from
1: this is a kitty romp to mm-hmm.
0: oh this is getting serious business. And that was
1: actually one of the, the very positive descriptions I've heard of a place where Jackson has decided to really depart from the book is to right out of the gate start showing the effects of the ring on Bilbo. Yeah. Because yeah. So there are no effects in the book. No he, he is carefree Yeah, and he's just, just like awesome I got a ring that makes me invisible. This is great. And apparently this one, you know, early in the movie, we get the spiders of Mirkwood um, mm-hmm. fight scene, which is in the book really the first time he uses the ring right. to his benefit. And apparently he comes out of that in like a dark place of, yeah, yeah, you want some of this, huh? Well, that's good. So
0: and it, I mean, yeah, and it's been still overwhelmingly positive on Martin Freeman's portrayal of Bilbo as well. Oh, no, I and think he's I'd nailed see, it. And I think he's got it. I think he's I, got, got it better than any Hobbit to this point.
1: I totally buy him as a young Ian Holm. Yeah. And I buy him as the somewhat befuddled and increasingly less befuddled as the story goes on, uh, you know, Hobbit who doesn't belong in an adventure. Um, But I've been seeing a lot of him lately. There was a great... I say fan-made, but it's not your typical fan film. Someone who's obviously a professional in special effects mm-hmm. created a fan film called "Hulock," <laughs> which where they edited together Doctor Who and Sherlock footage. Yeah, unbelievably beautifully. Mm and down to the level of doing the kind of um, digital remap- digital remapping of taking Matt Smith's jaw and mouth from one piece of footage and pasting it on his face from another to make a composite so that he wanted the body and the location from one doctor oh, wow. and dialogue from another. So this guy's a professional huh. effects artist. So do a Google search for Hulock, all one word, if you're a fan of Doctor Who and Sherlock, both you know the Stephen Moffat joints. Yeah. And it's real, And there's an even better... At the end of it, they have the click here for the the effects reel. Click on that because that's even more fun where they show you the insides of where how they edited it together, where they grabbed the footage from because you're not going to be able to tell where the heck did they get that. I don't ever remember them doing that. And they show you here's where we grabbed this guy from and here's how we – and then I saw, okay, now I know why I didn't see it because you grabbed his dialogue mm-hmm. from here and his body from here. And it really makes you not trust archival footage anymore, the same way Forrest Gump did for me. As soon as I saw Forrest Gump, I'm like, okay, we can no longer trust video records. Oh, no. Well, I mean,
0: courts haven't trusted him for years. Right. (laughs) Which is
1: doubly so of you can't believe your eyes anymore. Because, I mean, even back, and you look back, and you look at how, oh, how quaint. Look at the the facial morphing they did in... uh, In Forrest Gump. Oh, how cute that is. But at the time, it's like, that's pretty impressive. Looks like he was talking to JFK. uh, And it's only gotten better and more convincing. And uh, Nemesis would uh, like my attention. Yes? Um, The
0: internet of the the TV is not working. Oh, no. Oh, no. We actually did get a message in IRC that the radio went offline and then came online. Ah, so I don't know what that means for all of this, but... Mm, well, we're steaming right now. We are yeah. rock solid. Yeah, so I mean... Just, I'll be up shortly to fix the, ABA uh, put the internet. A link, okay. and so I'm still connected. So. Yeah,
1: no, maybe. I mean, we, we are testing and breaking in a new Airport Extreme Base Station. Yes. Which was supposed to improve things. <laughs> <coughs> improved the level of problems. Yeah. <laughs> I, but upstairs, I know what the problem is. I have, I've got the power line home networking going, uh-huh. and I stole the module upstairs oh. to work on the Myth TV server that I'm playing with down here and I forgot that that kills the access point up there. Well,
0: yeah, that would definitely probably affect the TV then. the Details. internet. Oh, well. Ah, oh, they could amuse themselves for 15 minutes.
1: <laughs> there will be screaming and wailing and gnashing <laughs> of teeth. I'm sure. Fear not. Here these are my children. Is
2: down.
1: What do we do? Oh! No! <laughs> um, <laughs> Actually, speaking of that, uh, now that uh, the last season of Futurama has shown up on Netflix, I oh, yeah. was bouncing around looking at episodes of that and watched the finale episode, and they ended on a very cute and sweet note. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you see the... Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, it was a very clever way of bringing the series to an end and yet a beginning or whatever
1: you want and to And also call leaving it. it open for... Sure. Should it ever reemerge sure. yet like again? Always
0: go back and... Is a,
1: you know, a neat sci- sci-fi e-way to give yeah. Fry and Leela... A happy ending, a full life together, right. and yet leave them exactly in a position to continue the series later,
0: where wherever
1: they want to continue. Right. it, too. They Should could, they ever?
0: Cause, yeah, it, it took it right back. So it was the, cute yeah, and clever, so. and but it,
1: it was one of the, you know, the Simpsons people and the Futurama people are are good at throwing the occasional, you know, heartfelt curveball your way. The Futurama team more so than the Simpsons team, and it's also it's not the last time you're going to see Futurama because there's the um, Crossover episode with The Simpsons later this year. Oh, is there? Or early no, next year? That's cool. So yeah, one more, one more tap into Gassed. the vein of uh, Futurama. Yeah. And okay, so there's a guy. Apparently, it's, it's about time we tell people where we are. Mm-hmm. Tangents are kind of a big deal. And mention our producer, nay IRC rep, the Barry Von. Awesome. Barry White, save my life. As is usual, if you're in the Internet Relay Chat, and you should be, for that is where the cool kids are. If you have something to bring to our attention, please send the PM to Barry VA, and he will bring it to us, along with the heads of our enemies. Hmm. <laughs> right on. Well, why have the beard if you're not going to slay? The description. Damn, <laughs> Skippy. Read the fine print, Barry. Right on. Oh, right on! Speaking about the heads of my enemies. So okay,
0: I'm, segue. Let's hear it. I've gotten into like so. I, as I explained last week, I started my video tutorials to learn how to play Crusader Kings too. So I finished watching a few hours of that. <laughs> now I've gotten into actually playing the game. That game is just ruthlessly addicting. I mean, talk about being able to play like the Borgias level of just evil. I mean, the the amount of people I have murdered just because it's like, well, I really need this person to succeed. Yeah, I'm going to kill all this guy's kids now. And not only am I going to kill his kids, I'm going to do it in such a fashion that eventually this guy is going to start taking negative modifiers because he's depressed, because he's paranoid, thinking his line is cursed, because all his kids keep dying. And eventually he loses his mind and becomes incapable of ruling. Like, yeah, how lovely. This is a good somebody designed this into a game. Oh, yeah, it's all. I mean, you, if there's a person in the game, you can kill them. Doesn't matter if they're a baby newborn or you know, 80 year old as opposed
1: to an adult newborn.
0: Well, you know, (laughs) I mean, like, super mega just saying, okay, fresh from the womb newborn to anywhere in between. Don't cut the cord, cut the baby. Yeah, cut the baby. Just, just take them out. Don't cut the baby. No, don't take the Get baby. the baby. But really just, yeah, interesting game how you can actually, you have like, it's kind of like playing as almost like the chairman of the Fed. You have this toolbox, <laughs> and there's things in your toolbox you what can use co- to, to, make, to make things work the way you want them to work.
1: Video games are like the Federal Reserve. Sometimes. Sometimes military is the option.
0: Sometimes political is the option. Sometimes a knife in the back is the option. And usually it's a combination of all three that will get you whatever you desire. And you keep it's going, going along. Flexible. And then eventually you hit a point where everything's going well, everything's awesome, and then your person you're playing contracts some horrible medieval disease and they die and you're left with your heir now to play, who has everybody has a wildly different opinion of your area of view of you and suddenly you're thrown into this chaos of a few years where you're trying to hold on to your rule and not get murdered also and not unlike history history yeah so and in a side note they've actually the mod the Game of Thrones mod that they created for it that's really sounds really sounds like well it'd be a shoe in for yeah, this one geez very easy fit they've actually this next week they're going to release the uh, newest update that's going to include the continent of Essos and include the uh, Queen of Dragons now as a playable Excellent. character and all of that into the already tumultuous world of the seven kingdoms, not just killing but terminated with extreme prejudice yeah. You take them down. <laughs> <laughs> you you do things that are just like... When you look back at your game, you're like, wow.
1: I went to a dark, dark place. Evil. And and like, I didn't even think yeah, about like it.
0: My current ruler just got the title The Wicked. <laughs> like, <laughs> huh. Okay, then. Uh, and yet I have this stupid sister of mine that's can... That has a somewhat of a claim on my territory. Who's like the paragon of virtue, and everybody loves her. It's like oh, charisma
1: is not always a dump stat. Okay? Yeah.
0: Oh no, it's <laughs> it's a big deal. And it's like, oh, she's really in a position. Like it's it's tough to kill somebody that everybody likes.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, and don't they know it? Perhaps killing her husband and then shipping her off to like marry some dude in Russia might be the way Get to go. Get thee to a nunnery. Yeah. Like you need to leave my my little island now. My island. My island. <laughs> well, I'm playing an Irish lord, so oh. yeah, it's my island. <laughs> <laughs> it's still one of the best lines ever.
1: Yeah. Yes, my island. It's my island. Hmm. Anyway, so we have uh, we've had a week, and I scored the uh, deal I had been waiting for. Okay. That uh, which, which was the sacrificial large TV for a low dollar amount that didn't need to be a particularly great quality mm-hmm. uh, to sacri- to replace the TV that has already been sacrificed to Arch Nemesis. Right, right. Which was a nice one that I didn't skimp on and was good quality plasma and yeah. I'm not bitter at all. So I got my holiday cyber weeky thing and basically found one for a 47-inch for 300 bucks on Amazon. Brand name you've never heard of before. Sure. Bob's TV company. FedEx guy arrived in a rental rental uh, rider truck or budget truck. I guess they just rent extra trucks for the season. Sure, and got it all set up and cannot complain. Yeah, Uh, for for a three hundred dollar TV, actually pretty damn good picture when you when you drive it with a a Blu Ray source Mm -hmm. or the Apple TV on. And Apple TV has started. They've they've labeled things like the Futurama um, series is labeled Super HD. Super like, H! Come on, guys! Wow! Now you're making crap up. Yeah, officially. no kidding. Super HD, especially Super HD for an animated series. Exactly. Like how how much
0: more HD can animated
1: get? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it looks damn good. Sure. And you know, years ago, I remember you know, listening to some podcasts from David X. Cohen and some of the other the other guys who develop. And when they made the switch to HD, mm-hmm. the bigger thing for them was the switch to sixteen by nine aspect ratio. Right. Right. Because like now we need stuff going on. Yeah. In the edges of the panel, and actually gives us room to to throw in more inside jokes. They mm-hmm. were actually kind of, were kind of happy that they'd gone HD just because it gave them more room to, to put and, and they had a greater probability if someone paused, they would be able to make out you know the mathematical equation on the sure. board behind the person. And they, they, they've been slipping more and more inside jokes in since going to HD. Hmm. Uh, but can confirm, looks great on uh, Super HD. D, 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 yeah. From uh, Netflix on via ye olde Apple TV. That's cool. Yeah. So the, the tech marches on, and I also managed to barter with one of my clients for a uh, lightly used airport extreme base station. So the uh, Wi-Fi we had previously been having severe issues with uh, seems to have stabilized a great deal, and we've also added the option of uh, the 5 gigahertz uh, version of it. So more of the newer devices can get far, far away from the baby monitors and, and cordless telephones and microwave ovens. And, right. Operate, you know, for long enough to do a show and stuff like that. Not quite at the one
0: point two one gigawatts, but still one point twenty one gigawatts. <laughs> gigawatts, that's right. Yeah. What
1: the hell is a gigawatt? Marty, <laughs> Marty. <Morning. Morning. sighs> uh, a moment of silence uh, to observe the passing of uh, Peter O'Toole, who uh, mm. passed away, I believe, late yesterday. Um, had actually been watching him recently. The the Doctor Who. David Tennant uh, degrees of separation had led me to the David Tennant series of, uh, now I'm drawing a blank, Uh, Casanova.
0: Uh, I was going to say, I knew he did something like Romeo and Juliet, but yeah, you're right. Casanova, Casanova. Right.
1: And in that, Peter O'Toole plays Casanova at an advanced age. Oh, Okay. Telling stories to a woman he is slowly seducing, right? Um, of his exploits as a young yeah, man, who's played by David Tennant, right? Right. Um, yeah, hey, I think Daxa watches. Said it was cute. It was funny. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, light-hearted and fun, and and you know, David being wacky and, yeah. and smarter than everyone else in the room, and
0: which they kind of even. Almost gave a nod to that in the 50th anniversary oh, heck yeah! with him being the king,
3: I'm gonna of, be the king.
1: The new king of uh, England. <laughs> well, that, that was tying up a whole bunch of threads, too, because yeah. they had, during the Shakespeare Code,
3: yeah. her coming sure.
1: to kill him, and he was like, well, I don't know yet. Right, I guess right. I'll know later. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Hours of entertainment. Uh, Never a dull moment in the land of the nerds. Speaking no. of the land of the nerds. Uh, We have had another new show join the station on the 24-7 server, the Major Spoilers Podcast. Oh, nice. Um, Actually, was was partway (laughs) through getting that uh, wired up when I looked up and said, oh, dear, it's time for radio. Yeah. And so that'll get plugged in a little later. But uh, check them out on the web. They're at Majorspoilers.com. And they are a very uh, comic-heavy, spoiler-happy podcast podcast. Awesomely nerdy if you're at all, if any part of you is at all interested in graphic novels and the whole nice. comic as a storytelling medium, uh, it's a great place to, uh, to stop and get your get your news from. Uh, they also do a segment on the morning stream, which for the last two years has been heard on Alpha Geek Radio, uh, Mondays, Monday through Thursday. Cool. Hours of entertainment to be had there as well. Uh we continue to beef up the 24-7 stream and also have been adding live shows to the mix, so check out the schedule on the webpage. Hmm. You can catch shows recording live, and really any old time you tune in, you're likely to catch something fun and nerdy going on, and the assortment just keeps getting bigger, and we're always looking for suggestions, so if you have a show that you think would benefit from some promotion on our network, or just would be a really good fit into the uh, geek culture mix that we're shooting for, take a look at the kinds of shows under the shows tab on the site that we've already got there, and if you... If you have one that you love and you think uh, they might be interested in being on the network, send me their info to the show at alphageekradio.com or Todd with two D's at alphageekradio.com and I'll contact them and get permission to include them and thus shall my plan to take over the internet <laughs> increment <laughs> one notch forward. Only 65 billion and three more to go. Right. Oh boy! Yeah, speaking about spo- well, not
0: spoilers, but I guess sh- alert! comics and such. A lot of our sh- a lot of shows went on mid-season hiatus. Woo-hoo! Worst idea ever. Only thing we got is uh, almost human. That's the only one that's kind of trucking along because yep. it just relatively just started. Right? Um, They're only four or five episodes in. But yeah, so Agents of Shield. It's doing. It's still doing the slow crawl of. Out of the land of, yeah, like, eh, if this wasn't Marvel, I wouldn't be watching it. Um, better episode, their season finale. Uh, you know, obviously getting, I always forget the guy's name. but J, J. August. Oh, J. August Richards. Richards, yeah. Brought his character back. Bringing him in. I mean, it's, God, you know, it's one of those, and granted, I have a lot of familiarity because I was a big fan of Angel. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, it's one of those, like, he comes in, you're like, oh yeah, this, this is a guy who's really comfortable yep. in this type of setting. Definitely was nailing all his. Yep, hit all, hit all and his and points. Hit his points really Totally well. telegraphed
1: the end of the episode. Sure. Really easily. Like, sure. Okay, I know where this is going. Yeah, it, definitely not a show. Oh, well, look, it's carefully worded dialogue when they're looking at this picture about right. and not saying who exactly they're referring to. Like, Joss, you've used this trick before. Yeah, yeah. Not,
0: just overall not a very tricky show yet. Yeah. Maybe they'll get there. but I, so th- I think
1: they probably felt they are being really tricky and doing a real big switcheroo for us. And, and it's and,
0: like, ah, uh, no now telegraphed it pretty pretty obvious where we were going with this
1: one so but it'll should ultimately lead to more more news on the colson sure sure so you had that um
0: uh let's see week before was the mid-season breaks for things like walking dead and arrow right uh i think supernatural's already hit their mid-season break so yeah a lot of a lot of my shows now dwindled down to basically one (laughs) at the moment at least on network television um so we'll we'll see. There's there's st- this some is catch what, up on This is what Netflix. back catalogs yeah. and
1: streaming services were made yeah, for. Exactly. I'm actually I'm working on in the other room I'm reviving some retired server hardware hmm. to be the back end for uh my myth myth TV. It's M Y T H T V, which is a free and open source super media center TiVo, basically. And so I'm learning about the different builds of MythTV and learning about getting TV tuner cards, working with Linux, which is no small undertaking, as it turns out, um, with the goal of cutting the cord even further, where I get my HD television off-air, off, off air, as far as off the uh, antenna, but not be dropping 20 bucks a month on a TiVo subscription. Hmm. So I should be able to get a deeply discounted uh you still have to in the US you still have to pay for a, a service to bring you the um TV listings, the dates and times and channels because the companies involved with that kind of thing successfully sued all the free ones out of existence yeah. of, which, of which there were once many. Um so people who not in the US do this completely for free. Here there's an, at least an inexpensive service I can get that'll get me my automatic uh, TV listings. And then, but substantially cheaper than what TiVo was charging me. Oh, that's cool. And it's still, it'll still be a, a dual-tuner HD recording rig to supplement my Apple TV and Roku addictions, and <laughs> I'm still coming in you know, way under the 200 bucks yeah. I was dropping on cable and Internet combo meals before. Yeah. I
0: know. Uh, it's God, I mean, like, like I've said in the past, as soon as I can get HBO without a cable subscription, I will cut the cord. There's, there's not much else keeping me there. NFL Network's nice, but it's not that nice. Not two hundred dollars nice. <laughs> so, and outside of that, everything else you can get pretty much other places. So, yep. but uh, HBO's the one sticking point. I can't.
1: Alexa won't get off my room. <laughs> Wait, Nemesis, your your time will come yep. in mere moments. Actually, mere moments. We are at the end of the intro segment. Uh, We nodded our heads toward the bearded one. Yes. We have talked uh, meanderingly about our weeks. Yeah. Um, And we shall return shortly. Of course, the whole idea of having something queued up to listen to that's not identical to last week. You know, details, details. Call me crazy, because I am. (laughs) 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 So, you are listening to... Casually Hardcore, live on alphageekradio.com, and we got a little John Anilio uh, queued up for you. You can uh, find him on the web. Just do a search for John Anilio. That's A-N-E-A-I-L-O, and we shall return right after this.
0: This is Dills from The Instance and The Angry Chicken, and you are listening to Alpha Geek Radio.
2: their kicks, singing opera and killing humans, she's got short dark hair and an icy stare, all right, is Rachel Rosen really an android, can Rachel Rosen. Bounty Hunter feel rich Cause he fears that he might be an android He's got a laser tube And a bad attitude tonight I'm a the hotel room I hope she gets here soon I've got three androids to retire Share an android kiss At the St. Francis tonight Is Rachel Rose in
1: In a gaming world.
0: Welcome back to Casually Hardcore. We are into the Geeks in the Game World segment with me because NoWise is still tracking down the Nemesis Peoples. So hopefully he has the spreadsheet up and he does. Awesome. So I can continue going on here. So a lot of news uh, as we round out the year. A lot of top ten lists and such or game of the years come out. I saw GameSpot was doing theirs by system. I uh, had Grand Theft Auto 5 as the game of the year for the Xbox, and The Last Among Us as the game of the year for the PlayStation 4, but now I can actually change spots and let <laughs> No wise take
1: his normal spot, and we'll continue talking. Ah, parenthood. It is a wild and wacky thing. So glad I showed you all that long ago how to yeah, op- how to operate the like, Sam Broadcaster. <laughs> I was, <laughs> we I was sitting listening, and I'm like, huh,
0: What? That's that sounds like the intro to the next segment. Oh, it is! is. <laughs> Crap. So, like I was saying, so a lot of top ten lists, a lot of Game of the Years have come out. Uh, so far, I mean, I think most have it between The Last of Us and Grand Theft Auto V. A um, few nods to Bioshock Infinite as well. So... It's one of those, like, I I may have to pick up uh, Aradin a copy of The Last of Us, just so I can play it.
1: (laughs) Like, here, you really should play this, and now I'm going to play it. And give it to me. Leave us alone. Yeah. So there's a fun article you put in here. The Wii U games that should be made. And this is a... Pretty it rings very true to me. The ideas they came up with. Uh, this is from GameInformer.com. Because um, forgotten in a lot of this talking about the, the new next-gen consoles that are launching is the fact that, hey, Wii U has been around for a while now. Right. And pretty resoundingly, Nintendo hasn't done a whole ton with it. They did the HD remastered Zelda, which sold a, a fair number of units. Yeah. Along with... Uh, between two worlds on the 3DS, um, okay, which was the Zelda title to move, yeah. to move 3DSs, right, right, which um, has gotten great reviews. Yeah, no, apparently it's team. it's one that really uses the 3D capability yeah. very well, um, and just you know it hits that happy Zelda spot that people need to have massaged every once in a while. Um, but they have left a lot of stuff on the table. So some of the ideas that they put forth in this article are. A, an old school two dimensional Metroid, mm-hmm. so get back to its roots and do um, good old fashioned side scrolling two yeah. D platformer. And I think on the Wii U, if they used the gamepad creatively, the fact that it's two D could actually be used to its advantage. Yeah, um, as far as you know, hitting the you know hitting people in the nostalgia bone, but also adding new twists to the gameplay by doing something innovative with the second screen. Yeah. Um, similarly, Pokemon hasn't really had any presence on the Wii U, and you would think that the putting all the management tools on the gamepad and all the battle up on the primary screen just steal most of the ideas that they've done on the DS and adapt them lightly and, and put them in higher resolution Mm -hmm. make them talk back and forth with the DS versions as an added bonus. Yeah. And it seems like a money-making machine that they're just leaving on the table well it's one of those things like especially
0: for nintendo which still has had a pretty good stranglehold you can make an argument around mobile devices but on the game portable gaming like a pure gaming device they've they've remained the titan easily i mean the vita has is out and but if anything's going to get the vita going it's how well it connects to and we're the fact that Nintendo hasn't leveraged the fact they own the gaming, portable gaming hardware to make their Wii U yeah. more interesting or even the Wii back before
1: that. Really, when I saw the Wii game pad, the Wii U when it was first you know being talked about, I automatically assumed that the DS was going to be able to be integrated into that in some right. fashion out of the box and was kind of surprised when it turns out that that wasn't the case yeah. because the DS is Bluetooth enabled. And Wi-Fi enabled, so either of those methods they could use, or they could, you know, if they had to, use a USB cable. And they had done stuff like that with the the GB. Mm-hmm. Well, they did one the, with, with the Wii that was like a Final Fantasy game, right? I think. I can't remember. Even back the to the sixty-four, they had versions oh, okay with the uh, Game Boy Advance, where but you, that they couldn't talk to the N sixty-four. Yeah, they, you, you physically plugged it in. Oh, and it, really? it Became the controller. Oh, wow. There were like two games okay. that used it. But it was an effort in that direction, and I just was kind of surprised. Huh, I guess they they didn't yeah. decide to go there. But in this connected world, where you have this empire of Wi-Fi enabled handhelds and a Wi-Fi enabled home console, mm-hmm. why? Why not? Right. Why are you not doing this? And the, you know the obvious elephant in the room. This one is Pokemon. Yeah, because just the ability just to move your your critters back and forth. I mean, why X Y was not. Y, X, Y. Y, X, and Y were not tied into... Sounds like a Rush album. Exactly. Z, Z, Y, what? <Yeah. laughs> um, no, Neil Pritt reigns supreme. Uh, the, why they were not... There wasn't a corresponding law, a title I for the Wii U is, is, is money that they could have had.
0: It is. It, it's, a, it's a wasted opportunity at the moment.
1: And a big one that they mentioned in this article that I, again... And many sources have said well, you know, this is the perfect thing for this. Yeah, a D and D style role playing game where the DM has the game pad, and the other three or four players are using we Wii- Controllers, modes, Yeah, and the DM is you know dropping the monsters on them and and generating the map as they go and you know can see things and this is a no-brainer. Yeah, the the Wii U gamepad is the ultimate DM screen.
0: It is. It's one of those, and it's something I you think... can even I hold s- up
1: and and look over it. Yeah. B- before you roll the the virtual yeah. dick dice in this case, tap the screen. Teep. Oh, little pull down menu says use dick dice. Yes, yes, no. Right, right. Always fudge roll. Mm, uh, that's right. Or yeah, roll this... roll dice for no reason. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or just... Odd or even? Yeah,
0: as always asked. Um,
1: or just. Roll D10.
0: Right. This is something I first saw suggested on Penny Arcade, actually. Yeah. When uh, Mike first got the console, he's like, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome for the idea. Bang. And it's still not something they've implemented. Uh, But a lot of this, you know, you mentioned going back for the Metroid 2D. A lot of this is revive older franchises that just haven't seen love Star Fox is in here uh, I know the Okami um... I mean,
1: Star Fox with with a with a, with a uh, an accelerometer based controller yeah I mean, that that seems like a no-brainer yeah I can totally see the 3d space flyer where I'm tilting the game pad or tilting the Wiimote to to steer I think kids would would have a grand old time with that, and at least they wouldn't be swinging the WiiMotes towards the television. At least,
0: yeah. So, I mean, a lot of a lot of choices that they could go with. Even may make, make mention of real time strategy because of the ability to use the touchscreen yep. on the the Mega.
1: We better remotes. than anything before it for controlling an RTS. Sure. So. Uh, yeah, board and card games, um, good old-fashioned you know, cart-style racing games. Right. There have been some efforts in that direction. But
0: F-Zero is another classic Super Nintendo franchise right. that they could pull from. Pilot Wings is another one of the – I don't think that was – was that Super Nintendo or was it N64? One of the two. Maybe it had ones on both. But, but it's, it's one something of the that hasn't, th- three decent N64 games. We have N64 not games. seen uh, a lot of love uh, for many years now. Because the Wii U really, or the Wii, I'm sorry, did not tap much into previous franchises, yeah. with the exception of Zelda and Mario, which pretty much are givens, are going to be on every single uh, right. console. So it's it's strange that they haven't gone for some of these, uh, but the, and they better do something fast,
1: because right yeah. now they are completely an afterthought, unless you're five years old. Or and, yeah, and it just it seems, I mean, it, it makes me kind of sad because the gamepad really has massive potential for and just nobody it seems like the game industry is is falling into the hollywood if it's not going to be a blockbuster we're sure. not interested in making it sure and because of that we have an independent film industry that now makes billions of dollars because when you're servicing a niche of you know that's carved out of a population of billions that's still a significant number of people who are willing to pay for your game. That's why things like EverQuest survive to this day because, quote, no one plays that old game anymore, end quote. Uh, Well, enough people play it that it's still alive. enough. I I get
0: emails every once in a while from Anarchy Online. It's like... Really? <laughs> People still. It wasn't even hugely popular when it first came right. out, and it's still going. So, so if they could just, just there's and, stuff out, and I mean, but maybe you know, we have another article on this. Maybe it's a little bit of a game changer with the Steam Box. Maybe that's the indie console market that's going to come along
1: and change things around. And I'm wondering if you know if that may kick off the first ever indie hardware. Yeah. Because. Well, I think you'll see some, obviously, because the OS is
0: portable between devices.
1: But also, just you can't make a controller for any of the major guys without signing a licensing agreement with them, which is a massive barrier to entry for a small company. Right. Because they're not going to sign it for a small amount of money. So Valve is basically saying this is basically as close to free and open source as we are going to get, and we welcome you bringing... All your indie titles and your your hack and slash hardware that you've made up, great, bring it on, we're not gonna stop you. And they basically you know they've they've taken the controller and said, Here's all the information you need to know about the inner workings of this controller because we want you to hack this. We have designed this thing to be opened up and played with. So it's a very different mentality. So I would hope to see someone come along and say, okay, here is my open source equivalent to the gamepad for the Steam box. Yeah, hopefully. Go for it. Uh, Because I would love to see something like the gamepad on all of the platforms. And Sony's got a little bit of it with the baby touchscreen. Right. That's not the same thing as the fully interactive.
0: No, the baby touchscreen reminds me of something that maybe they'll do cutesy things like throw your inventory or ammo count or something like that down there just as an information point, not so much as a way yeah. to control the game.
1: The gamepad on the Wii U, you can bring the whole damn game down to it and walk right. away with it. Right, So I just, I, I, I too want to see these Wii U games made that make use of this innovation. And I don't know, if, if just the gimmick is wearing off I, probably and wearing off faster this time. Because they then threw it with the motion controllers with the. Because even the modern modern games coming out don't use the motion capability of the Wii all that much. You want you wind up holding sure. them and sure. using them as traditional controllers most of the time.
0: I, I think that's the gimmick that wore off was that the Wii controllers wore off during the lifespan of the Wii that people are like, okay, I'm done moving this controller around. This is silly. I just want to control my game. So when they made the Wii U that still added the touchscreen control, that's great, but still relied heavily on that motion controller. Otherwise well, still
1: uses Motes as all the other controllers.
0: I think people were kind of like, ah, eh, that looks too much like the Wii. I was done with my Wii after owning it for a little while. So yeah. I'm not interested in getting this next thing, even though I think, yeah, there's a lot to be said about that, that Wii U screen. Uh, and maybe maybe they need... And I just My biggest issue is I don't know how many more iterations Nintendo can go through before they pull a Sega and say, we're done with hardware. Yeah. We're going to leave this to Microsoft and Sony, uh, possibly Steam eventually, but right now Microsoft and Sony are going to own the market and you're going to have to choose between one of those two systems. Uh, I think they're good choices, but I still think the more competition, the better, the more you'll get some sort of innovation.
1: They've been here before, though, N64, I thought
0: the N sixty four was pretty strong. It was the GameCube that I think was their first failure, where they just
1: didn't sell. Yeah, Uh,
0: the N sixty four had
1: some stuff going for it in its day. I mean, it was being it was the last of the solid state, right? And when everyone else had gone to optical media, yeah. Yeah. So it it felt dated, dated, in its time.
0: Well, and it was also like at the period, especially there, and then. Really, on the game uh, cube, where they just felt like the need to reinvent their controller every iteration. Yeah. And you're like, what is this What was wrong with... Yeah, like, you had a good controller with the Super Nintendo. You didn't have to really go radically different, and they did. And then they went radically different again into the GameCube. And obviously, even with the Wii, they went radically different there and completely changed it. So they're very focused on changing their controller every year, and I think that hurts their continuity, where you look at Sony and Microsoft have pretty much kept the same form factor. No, there was a
1: great... GIF that was the evolution and it was basically morphing between the different versions of the PlayStation controller from the PlayStation. Right. And you saw the subtle changes in dimensions and Mm -hmm. then you went from the original controller and then you saw the analog sticks emerge and then the DualShock and then the six axis and it was basically slow, careful... Okay, we're going to add some sticks. Okay, sit back see what happens. Right. Okay, we're going to add tactile feedback okay sit back see what happens it's, okay
0: it, but it's familiar it was always familiar it yep. always felt like okay this a playstation controller in my hand yep. xbox other than the fact that they shrank their control yeah the original one was a, a, was a feast. Yeah. yeah but it was still they said okay we'll just bring it in we'll yep. tighten it up we'll make this and suddenly it became more and more like okay this feels really nice yep uh so i think nintendo At some point needs to look at themselves and start really kind of going, what are our strengths? We need to capitalize on those strengths. We'll see. Yes, indeed. Uh all right. So what else do we got?
1: Uh we have many things. Well we talked we touched on. Let's talk about the OS. Yeah, the Steam OS. Yeah. So this is and the first generation, if you were one of the lucky winners of the lottery, uh, Valve has started shipping out the first-gen Steam boxes mm-hmm. for testing. And you can see unboxing videos right now. All YouTube. over YouTube, yep. Which... If they weren't taken down for a rights violation. No yeah. kidding. Because was... you heard two, two notes of a popular song in the distant background, right? <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, um, But SteamOS... SteamOS is now available, a beta. So they are very, like, you better feel comfortable with Linux
0: if yep. you want to install this because it is not pretty up. There's not a lot of... I
1: should really do do this because I'm getting a dose, a face full of Linux with my Myth yeah. TV adventures. Well, so. I look
0: around here. you got so many different... Like, I just don't have a box that I have. I, I could, I guess, tear down Daxus and yeah. it, throw that on there. But she might not be too happy
1: with me if I did that. Well, I was seeing that there that at our local Fry's Electronics, there is a whole section now of bricks, oh, which are basically these very compact, mm-hmm. made-to-be appliances. Um, there were some from Asus, and there were some from Gigabyte. And they are made to take the um, MSAT of the little solid-state drives. Mm-hmm. So very low power, very low heat, external power supplies to get that heat elsewhere, and all little or no active cooling, so they're silent, so you can use them for home theater and not noisy the place up. And so one of those would be beautiful for a do-it-yourself steam box because they're designed to take... Uh, Good video cards. They have you know Core i3, i5, and i7 mm-hmm. versions available, so you can make it powerful.
0: Well, and but I mean, looking at the specs here, this is not something that you would have laying in your garage usually. These are not yet. Their, their yet. goal
1: is to optimize it to the point where you don't right. have to have a super powered machine. But for the
0: moment, but right like, now you need things like Intel or AMD. But you need a 64-bit capable processor. Has need, to be
1: Nvidia video card. No has yet. to be Nvidia. No video, AMD support big, yet
0: big thing uh four gigs or more of ram 500 gig or larger disc which you know if you're going to go with one of those small guys and you're going to get a solid state drive that's, that's a lot a, of cash that's a big advancement uh obviously usb ports and uefi boot
1: support well that then uefi boot support is a big deal because only the most modern of motherboards mm-hmm. support that right They're, all the older ones are going to be traditional bios yeah so that's they're basically saying we're drawing a line in the sand no older than a year and a half, 2 years ago really. Yeah. And but again, the kind of person who's going for the first beta release of SteamOS not your typical consumer. No. And they're going to help work out the kinks so when they start mass producing Steam boxes, uh they will be that much better because of it. Yeah. So, but if you want to get your and, and already this is already an iteration of the Steam for Windows that uh, – I forget what they, what they had the name for the 20-foot interface that they put on it. Big screen. Big screen. So this was basically taking the idea of big screen, which is basically you have a home theater PC, you would run Steam, and then switch into big screen mode, which would make it work properly with an IR remote yeah. or a Bluetooth remote, look great on an HDTV from 20 feet away, and be very easy to navigate Now it's a freestanding, self-contained operating system, optimized for the living room. One of the the funniest things I saw on Reddit from the last week was the Picard WTF uh, meme. Yeah, And basically, the SteamOS release, in summary, and the WTF leading it was, WTF, doesn't it how do they expect this to replace windows? And then they go to the launch document uh-huh. where they highlight like seven different places where they say, for the living room, optimized for the living room. Yeah. Meant to be in the living room, not meant to replace your traditional operating system, not a substitute for windows. And then they have the guy, uh, uh, basically a, a drawing of, of Gaben going, reading. Yeah. <laughs> Idiots. Ugh. Not mentors. This is meant to supplement your computer, right. not replace it. This right. is meant to. Re- if it's meant to replace anything, it's meant to replace a gaming console mm-hmm. with something closer to the PC master race than a console. Mm-hmm. But it's basically Ouya with good financial backing. Is really what it is. Pretty much, except for they're they're trying to run it on full uh, BSD instead of Android. So they've gone with that, and, and they're not trying to
0: mess around and say, "Oh, we're going to make, put something out that's a ninety-nine dollar right. box with OS that
1: can." No, run. No, they are shooting for like a one twenty-nine opening price point. They're not. They're not going as
0: a as a base system. It just depends, right. I guess, on developer support and such, and say, like, "Oh, you want to play? I don't know, the newest Tomb Raider on here at full graphical levels. Look at this stuff. You're not probably going to get in with the super cheap version of the system. You're going to need something that's more akin to your normal computer yep. to run the higher." you know, higher games at a higher resolution. But we'll see. I mean it's at least it's moving ahead. <laughs> right. So I can't fault them for that. At least they got the actual beta boxes out. They have an OS out now for testing. So it's it's, it's not it's just actually a pipe dream happening. Anymore. Yes. Yeah.
1: It's happening. It's Woo-hoo! happening.
0: Mm. Oh all
1: right. All praise to the Gaben.
0: Well speaking about things happening, so Oculus Rift ah, yes. has gotten seventy five million dollars funding.
1: They uh, have been noticed by the mainstream.
0: Yeah. Definitely. I mean, they've had... Talk about a great campaign, just showing the demo at E3, yep. moving to Kickstarter, getting a lot of backing there, having pretty much across the board positive reviews from game industry, like notable people saying, this is a big deal. Yeah, this this could, is this not could the go VR somewhere.
1: of the you know days past where you're like, oh my God, I have a headache and the game sucked. And that really is the, the part they have to improve because even now they say, really, 20-minute uh, doses uh, and then nausea set set. yeah
0: and i mean still you're looking at something that's uh running at 640 by 800 per eye so the resolution's low this is still very much just beta hardware uh but a lot of people have said there's uh, more potential here than ever before for a vr headset
1: yeah and i see the 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 develop. did you ever see the movie brainstorm no um oh god the actor um Trying to think of it was when it was a young Christopher Walken. Oh, okay. And it was a sci-fi movie about scientists that develop a a rig that could record your brainwaves and record them as a a magnetic tape that you could play back and experience someone else's memories. Okay. And then all the thing, all the ways that could be misused, and all it was a, a fun, hard sci and. In the beginning of the film, the rig is this massive thing on a cart with huge cables and, and they're having to chill the superconducting chips down so they've got liquid wow. nitrogen going on. But it's, And that's realistically how a technology would start out. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of the movie, they get a superconducting chip that works at room temperature. Right. And it gets progressively smaller and smaller. So it's basically just you know, a, a strap around piece of headgear yeah. and a small suitcase worth of gear that it plugs into hmm. or a briefcase basically. Right. So that's the kind of development I foresee for the Oculus. Eventually, seeing it get down to like a pair of swimming goggles, yeah, being the bit that you wear on your head, yeah, and then a high bandwidth cable leading to you know a box something, that yeah. does or the lifting wireless. I would imagine yeah. too. Uh, so yeah,
0: it's interesting. It's something. That maybe they can start selling people on doing. I mean, I remember the old like Game Boy VR headsets and stuff, and just how terrible these things were. The Virtual
1: Boy. So, but
0: you know, you read articles where people are talking about, yeah, you know, somebody made a game to fly the to Death Star trench, and you know, there's there's a lot of gameplay out there that it may be pretty cool. Mech Warrior sounds like something that'd be kind of neat to be able to just look
1: around while you're doing stuff. You need look no further than the fact that IMAX is a sustainable business model. Yeah to know that there is enough interest out there in that level of immersion Mm -hmm. to perhaps support something like this. As long as it is reliable, the content is compelling, and it is not prohibitively expensive, enough people will be interested in going for this and the inevitable porn that will be made for it that should be able to sustain (laughs) them financially. Already I have seen demos of the... Anime girl VR walkthrough with the Oculus Rift, hmm. and every opportunity, guys, like looking up the skirt, looking up the skirt, looking down the shirt, looking down the shirt, and it was and it was a really creepy hmm. made to teach you how to objectify and exploit women thing. It was totally cringeworthy, and it was one of the very first things I oh, saw course. on the Oculus Rift. So, wow. don't laugh at me when I say the inevitable porn because it's basically already been made. Yeah. Um, so, just mm. don't add Smell O Vision to that. Oh, God. No. no.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Now that I've made all of your skin crawl, and maybe torpedoed all their future funding, or quadrupled it—one or the other, depending on how you look at it.
0: Uh, did you see the uh, Daily Show where they talked about the NSA spying on Warcraft? And yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, with, but it led off with the NSA logo on—or that was an NSA, but it was the logo on the spy satellite we launched. It was the octopus around the world, yep. and he's like, you know, all this—the the anime. the real, yeah. But it was a little you know anime Japanese girl in the middle of this octopus, right. <laughs> and everybody's like, "Oh!" And he's like, "Yeah, I invented this type of porn. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> this is already out there." Yeah, uh, be afraid. Yeah, tentacle porn. That's um, uh, yeah. So yes, true in the IRC uh, Sword Art Online slash dot hack. Here we come. Yep. Mm-hmm. Except for we're not going to physically be downloaded into our computers. You but anyway, dojo. Uh, Tron talked about that in eighty what four? Right.
0: Okay, so I guess lastly, we have a patch coming to Diablo that may actually get me to reinstall Diablo, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> which is frightening thought. Uh, big changes. They're actually revamping all the difficulty levels. Uh, they're going to add now. There's going to be five different difficulty levels that's going to scale though based also on the level of your character and at the fifth and hardest difficulty level which is torment mode you'll actually get sliders that you can use to really tweak it to the level of abuse you want to torment. take from the I was game
1: wondering what new names for different levels you know but what's beyond the hell level torment we're deliberately torturing you and you're paying us to do it yeah exactly. ha 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 yeah. <laughs> the last difficulty level is just going to be
0: won't buy you dinner <laughs> basically he never calls you back <laughs> right right uh but so i mean file loop 2.0 is going to go into place which is uh, a big thing uh they're putting in features for clans uh cursed chest events and uh supposedly significant revisions to the characters but they haven't actually talked about that yet you also have uh we're getting close to the point of the expansion pack release as well for it. Yeah. Now, this was something that had Black Friday. Had I found a place that put Diablo 3 for the consoles on sale for less than 30 bucks. I probably would have bought it. I did not find that. Holidays are
1: not over yet. Not over
0: yet, so we'll see. But... Keep an eye
1: on the last-minute sales. Some oh, occasionally
0: creeps through It's there. one of those
1: games I don't really
0: need. I already own it. I actually own two copies considering Dex also bought it, so I don't need it. Blizzard thanks you. But I've heard good things about the, the console, console so iteration. much. But we'll see. So, you know, as certain addictions wane... you know, others- Taking all
1: bets to the IRC. <sighs> How's the countdown till Grail owns a console edition of Diablo 3? So- Taking all bets. I,
0: just, I, I did the depressing thing of looking at my Steam library. Oh, today, it was no, like, no, no. Wow. Don't I you
1: want it to be a surprise when you go to buy a great deal and say, oh, great, you already own this title. Like, what? what?
0: Yeah, I'm looking through. I'm like, oh, God, I have so many... Okay, I'll install Kerbal Space Program next. Uh, <laughs> so we'll get, we'll, we'll have some. Send your on that Kerbals soon. to Moon. That's right. Gotta get to get to Moon. Yeah. No, too much, too much stuff to do. But this, like I said, this was enough because I have been playing uh, Titan's Quest, which is an old school around the time of Diablo 2 uh hack and slash ARPG uh game that's been a lot of fun torchlight 2 still hasn't torchlight in general just never has grabbed me i bought both torchlights really I played them a little bit and i've gone like
1: yeah i mean it was well we've passed through it was sh- really shown during the waiting for diablo 3 period mm-hmm. so really they were striking their people giving their dungeon crawl on while waiting for d3 well d3 has now come and right. ostensibly gone at this point yeah and so you don't really need your, your fix quite no, as, quite as and, badly. You know, out there, there's a lot
0: of momentum building behind Path of Exile also, which yeah. is the free-to-play action RPG, which I played back when they had it as a beta, and it was fun. And I've been holding off installing it because I know that'll no. suck me oh, in. Oh,
1: Barry says you know the Xbox know. demo of D three is free and really yeah, fun. First be... one's always free. Well, well, we got you know a week
0: away from Christmas holidays and stuff, so yep. maybe I'll download it then. But I'm sure I'll
1: dun, have some other What says Christmas more than hacking slash adventures? That's right. Than killing the demons. demons. <laughs> All right. Evil, but I digress. All right, that brings us handily to our next break, which I may or may not actually be prepared for. What a concept! Uh, where did it go? Where did it go? <laughs> Dang it! I had the thing all. That's what she said. There, yeah, no, that's the shorty. Not the longer one. There we go. Got a little double-click section for you here. All right, as is our way. You are listening to Casually Hardcore live on alphageekradio.com, encoded lovingly for you on a Doghouse Systems Mobius laptop. Yes, this is their entry-level gaming rig, and holy crap, what must the top of the line be like if this is the entry-level? As I mentioned earlier, the hardware itself is much like any other uh, Core i7 laptop you might get. It's the support after the sale that really uh, is what sets Doghouse Systems apart. They are a proud sponsor of our show in the form of giving us a very deep discount on this unit when we were asking you guys to donate towards its purchase, and they have not skimped on the support. I have needed to call on them a couple of times, uh, twice because of stupid things that I did, and once because of a driver issue that they helped me uh, research and solve with one of their hardware vendors, mm-hmm. So, and they were even kind about it when they were pointing out the stupidity that I had rendered when trying to get uh, uh, Wirecast working. My bad. So check them out on the web at doghousesystems.com. Find desktop and portable gaming rigs. You will be glad that you did. And we thank them for supporting Alpha Geek Radio and Casually Hardcore. Some double clicks queued up for you here. This is uh, them teaming up with Molly Lewis back at uh, the last Wootstock. Uh, This one is called Not a Very Good Boyfriend. We shall return right after this. Hey, Scott Johnson
0: here from Frog Pants at FrogPants.com, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Good.
3: He had the shiniest of hair, and he walked into the room with an authoritative air, his carefully shaped eyebrows so severe, you could barely even tell where the prosthetics met his ears. I fell in love with a Spock impersonator From his ears down to his phaser And his sweet communicator I thought my search for love was at an end But being highly logical Did not make him a very good boyfriend Next day When I first saw his furrowed brow I knew the ideal man had come and me somehow I mean what else could I think when he looked me in the eye and told me prune juice is a warrior's drink I fell in love with a wharf impersonator from his forehead to his baldric and his badge communicator I thought my search for love was at an end but being strong and angry did not make him a very good boyfriend Oh why did I come to this con ah! This day has been yeah. Are we ready to behave? Oh why did I come to this con I don't have the time or money to wait in line to see Leonard Nimoy. But look over there, what an interesting boy. I fell in love with a Q impersonator, which seemed like a bad idea. Even 30 minutes later, I thought my search for love was at an end but he transported me to another dimension and played psychological games with me and my
1: friends. Researched Chaos. Casually Hardcore continues live on AlphaGeekRadio.com with live simulcast on versus the world radio, VTWProductions.com. And Research Chaos brought to you by our all-volunteer research team who hangs out on the Alpha Geek Radio forums. Just come to alphageekradio.com and click on the Community button up top to get in there. You can read about all the fine stuff they've found that we may not have time to get to in a particular show, and all the links that we refer to and talk about during the show are available there as well, thanks to the Barry Von Awesome doing the show notes after every show. Those are always available in the research thread shortly after each show goes up. We thank them for all their input. This week's thread was titled "The Mega Xmas Edition." Mega, mega, because mega is
0: big. Uh, I, was, I believe it was a reference to the Mega Millions that is now like at
1: five hundred fifty. Oh yeah, I got to go buy my math tax. Yeah, before, uh, before Monday, I think.
0: I well, I I go I do group math. Math tax math tax. Don- dom- donations. Ah, so okay,
1: our work. Yeah, we increase your chances microscopically by grouping your resources. Probably mathematically insignificant. Significantly, as we were saying, the uh, research thread of the week was the mega Christmas edition, right? And we had uh, contributions from. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Got to get in to the proper stance here. Focus or Chi. Send key. Send key. <laughs> Boba fetish. And the Barry Von Awesome yeah. have contributed to this week's uh, thread which we appreciate. And well, now I, I learned a new phrase that made complete sense to me once I heard it. Um, but the idea of going down a wiki hole a wiki hole. A wiki huh? hole. So is that on Wikipedia? Or, you or any any wiki any type wiki thing you where speak. you go researching one thing and yeah. then two hours later you look up and, why am I reading about fruit bats? Right. Because wiki hole. Wiki hole. So that we we appreciate them going down the wiki holes on our behalf and coming up with stuff like this. The fun, uh, this is one I've uh, been paying attention to, the idea had been floated previously of Peter Jackson coming in and directing an episode of Doctor Who because he is an old-school Doctor Who fan, very Mm -hmm. vocal about it. He actually appeared in the Five-ish Doctors, uh, which was one of the lead-up videos for the 50th anniversary where the five-ish of the other surviving Doctors who were not being featured in the 50th anniversary all tried to sneak on set. Oh, yeah. And they actually cut to... Peter Jackson and Sir Ian McKellen in New Zealand. Nice. Because the idea is, um, what's his name? Sylvester McCoy, uh-huh. who plays Radagast. Right, right. Had left New Zealand during shooting to come help them out, and they're sort of basically looking around set for him. <laughs> and they're just saying, oh, well, Sir Ian, do you think you can just carry it? It's like, well, yeah, of course. I mean, he's, it's, barely, it's like he's barely even here when he is here, so yeah, we'll be fine without <laughs> And also they do a whole bit where at every opportunity, Sebastian McCoy is talking about he's wearing a Hobbit shirt. Well, uh, we're working on The Hobbit, you know. Yeah. It's like, yes, we know you're working on The Hobbit. Uh, um, that's awesome. So he, he, you know, allowed him, he sent footage to be part of that, and it's been talked about several times. He said, hey, uh, Neil Gaiman-esque type participation of you know, a name you would like to see associated mm-hmm. with another uh, adored sci-fi franchise. And this is from uh, com, And Peter Jackson's keeping the hope alive that he'll direct uh, uh, Doctor Who. He's made uh, his intentions known that given half the chance, he would embark on the first television project of his career and direct an episode of Doctor Who. All he'd ask for the BBC in return that the is one of those uh, fancy new gold Daleks. And then he also wants to see if they could hey, why not set it in New Zealand? Right. And make it a two-parter and you know, do the first part in... The U.K. and the second part in New Zealand, and we happen to have production facilities here that I own. Right. Um, So, and, you know, some Weta effects, you know, Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't be uh, unwelcome uh, in Doctor Who. No, not at all. I would expect him to do a cameo. Of course. He does a cameo in everything he does. Sure. I, th- I mean, honestly,
0: it's one of those things, especially now that they've had all the hoopla for the 50th anniversary. It's done, the, the Christmas it's...
1: special and the new regeneration, then it'll all be settled but, down.
0: But it's also, I mean, right now it's really popular stuff, oh, no, not just in the UK, but everywhere. Worldwide. I'm surprised they don't have more of that. I know they have to keep a continuity of the, the storyline, but, you know, you think as a director, it's like, here's a show where you can do pretty much anything because all of time and space is available to yep. you and you have these characters that will go there and interact and however you want to make it, there's certain obviously story runners that we have to keep in there, but it's, it's so wide open. I'm surprised they don't have more of these like high profile or at least
1: guest directors that would want to come in and say, yeah, I'll take and a put, shot and at put that. their mark on it. Yeah. I mean, they've, uh, we've had actors, you know, familiar faces turning up. Sure. They had um, God, the guy who played John Crichton in Farscape. Um, oh yeah. Like You can picture him. He was in an episode of Doctor Who not too long ago. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the idea of the violently open world... um, You look back to the original Star Trek... I
0: I have to quickly give props to our producer for the, imagine, a 16-hour-long episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. (laughs) With Peter Jackson, yeah. The the jokes were already flying fast
1: and furious about the the three-hour episode. Right. And then the director's cut being released uh, on the internet. Sweeping
0: Um, shots of the TARDIS in a
1: field of, you know, green... At at 48 frames a second, and... Exactly. 3D. (laughs) Um, But you look back to the original series of star Trek. And you look at the teleplay that Harlan Ellison wrote Mm -hmm. and Harlan Ellison got it. He understood all bets are off. I'm going for it. Yeah. Crotchety old SOB that he is. And he was an old SOB when he was young too, but he wrote a completely unshootable teleplay for the, the city on the edge of forever. That bears almost no resemblance to what was actually finally yeah. shot because he had vast armies charging across the plane. and it's like, well, it's it's sci-fi. It's yeah. it's, it's all bets are off.
0: Well, that nowadays with CGI, yeah, you can pull that kind else. of thing. off. Yeah, it's not it's not you know prohibitive to say yeah right. we can't hire a million extras
1: <laughs> like. But getting back to Peter Jackson, they created the software massive. Sure specifically for those huge shots where they exactly. basically said, we're going to make each of these little guys an agent, and we're just going to give them rules mm-hmm. and then just turn it on and let the simulation run. Yeah. That way we don't have to animate each and every one of these. Right. Um, well, that was kind of clever, and as you may have seen from little shows like The Lord of the Rings, yeah. they it pulled works. it off rather well. It <laughs> works. Um, so, and that stuff's only getting cheaper. I mean, you look at the history of televised sci-fi and you can go back and look at the original tv movie of Babylon 5 oh, yeah. which was the first one that he was using cgi it's me getting into a chat okay. <laughs> the listeners can't hear that but but grail looks like a, a cat that is doing a i
0: hear a foot. noise
1: um the first tv show to use Computer generated imagery that was rendered on PCs. Mm-hmm. So they had, you know, they did the first render farm of, of just PC grade hardware. And you look back at it and it's quaint. And it's and it's you know, kinda of laughably bad by the rapidly evolving standards that have happened in the intervening not all that many years. Mm-hmm. It's not that different to going back to the nineteens you know, sixty eight, sixty-nine Star Trek and looking at the model based uh stuff that they did and saying, oh, how quaint, and and you see the the remastered versions where they've inserted all the CG, and it looks gorgeous, and all that fun stuff. So that same kind of, it's more accessible, it looks better, it's cheaper, just keeps happening. That's why we have movies like Avatar. And I wonder how much better the two Avatar sequels are going to look than the original Avatar, just in the small span of years that will eventually be between them. Because it's only you know the Moore's law. We just keep getting more transistors available to us, so more math can be done faster and sure. cheaper. Bring it on! Bleep blorp. beep beep boop boop. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Oh, they can hear that. Yeah, why. that should not be possible. <laughs> and yet it is. Oh well. What's well, a couple of beeps between friends, huh? Right, right. Okay, now we got to figure out where I've got something cross wired that I should not have. Go bleep yourself. <laughs> but i digress all right
0: oh uh, let's see so x-men apocalypse yep we, we mentioned out.
1: that last week in passing Talked a little
0: bit about that and like what is this thing what is it going to do and now we know more a little bit more we know brian singer is actually going to direct it yep which you know this this one a lot of hinges on days of future past yep that but goes this well, tells me that they're really confident they are, about it though they feel very confident uh the other big piece of news, though, is that it's going to focus on the first-class characters, right. not so much the XX2 characters. They are getting kind of old.
1: They are. I don't know. I mean, right now, Hugh so Jackman can keep rocking oh, it. Not Hugh Jackman. I'm not talking about, no. talking about Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. Yeah. Not spring chickens. They aren't But I mean, Patrick Stewart's just got to roll around in a wheelchair. How hard is that? Yeah. <laughs> Magneto's a
0: slightly more, dyna- more dynamic character. Magneto needs to get a little younger, and, and obviously Michael Fassbender... Fassbender is really
1: kind of owning the has role. ...has
0: the role, so as uh, you know, assuming he does a really good job
1: in this one. No, I really see Days of Future Past as this bizarre passing of the torch mm-hmm. from the older actors whose movie came first. I mean, the, 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 so convoluted how these movies came to be and how we wound up rewinding back to the original X-Men characters... And we're going to continue with them. Yeah. And they're making it work, and I blame Brian for that because uh, he's he's chairing the uh, Brian Singer. Right. Um, so he's doing Days of Future Past, mm-hmm. where he promises to right as many of the wrongs that have done, been done to the franchise without pretending they didn't exist. Yeah. So, you know, so X-Men Origins right up- Wolverine exists and happened. X3 exists and happened. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking, hmm, time travel based one. Okay, I see you can you're do a to... lot
0: of good stuff with time. You can you can write a lot of wrongs
1: with time travel, right? Uh, one of Star Trek's most favorite of reset buttons. Yeah.
0: Now, the thing that they, ha- the X Men first class outside of Magneto and Professor X, didn't really introduce any of the other characters that we've already seen. There was other. Based. Beast, that's true. Beast they was in x three. Beast. Yeah. And you had Beast then be in, in first uh first class. Right. But no
1: no core no other core member, Cyclops Well it uh, depends on who you mean by core member, because the original X Men, Banshee, was a core member right. way back in the day. And they introduced him with Well, I guess
0: op- your original core though was I was Cyclops. Beast
1: uh, Beast Marvel Girl and
0: Iceman. And Iceman. Yeah. That was it. Right. That was that was the first ones out of the gate. And Like I said, so they've introduced Beast. So they still have. I mean, Scott Summers, pretty big character, was pretty marginalized, right? (laughs) Pretty (laughs) dead, and then pretty
1: dead in X three. Yeah. So one would assume they may introduce him in Apocalypse, um, or there may be you know a super secret introduction of him during Days of Future Past, Mm -hmm. as the when they return to the newly mended timeline. He's just magically there or something. Who knows? Um, Angel? Was Angel in first class? Angel
0: was not in first class. I don't class. remember. They Angel. had... Oh, Angel, you're... Yeah, you're, okay. Now I see where Barry's going with this. Angel was one of the original... Was, was a reg- Yeah, sorry about that.
1: And they had... A character they referred to as Angel, which was the insect-winged girl right. that who went work, turned so well. bad, but she was not the angel yeah. we were looking for. No, so.
0: you are not the angel we're looking.
1: Now they had Angel in X three, right? Worthington, yes, you yes. Know, showing up, and they used him interestingly, um, uh, but not. I don't know. He's not. I never liked him. He's as not a interesting character. until he becomes Archangel. So, right he, to, to me, he was never. He he was the poor little rich boy um, afflicted with. After you know, just Adonis good looks and angel wings. Yeah. Oh, woe is me. Right. right. Um,
0: and just as a power, of was like, I can fly die. with my wings with that my, are gigantic and fluffy that really anybody should just be able to shoot them out of the sky. At right.
1: Oh, well. <laughs> that's the that, And they really, that's one of the things I liked about um, the character in New Mutants, Cannonball. Oh, yeah. Which is where they necessarily made him invulnerable mm-hmm. while he was blasting. Because yeah. like, well, yeah, otherwise, he just uses yeah. his powers once. Right. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> exactly. and then he's a, he's a smear. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the, You just
0: see this comic where he's like in the issue after issue. He's is like, no, I'm not going to use my no. powers yet. Nope, <laughs> no, 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 not this no, time. Okay, no, oh, yeah, no, this no, is the not, time. No, oh, man. that's it. Character. See. Art completed. That's right. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, so at least we're getting some news about Apocalypse. Right. I still love the X-Men universe, so I'm excited that they are continuing and trying to bring a lot of continuity to
1: it. I'm really curious to see if Fox can pull off what they're attempting, because mm-hmm. they seem to have marshaled some resources to say, we want a piece of this action, and we have... We got two of the tentpoles. You know, we got X-Men, and we got Fantastic Four, and we're going to make our own... Little Marvel Cinematic Universe that's consistent within itself. Yeah, they certainly are committed to it because they did. They've done. They dumped the money into it. Mm-hmm. They have got the Wolverine. They did. You know, they tried. And remember, X Men Origins was going to be a series, right?
0: Right. That was supposed to be the first one. It was just that's why it was uh, X Men Origins:
1: colon Wolverine, and then we would have X Men Origins: Cyclops right. and so on. And so and not so much that uh, diff- change, changing of the leadership and plans changed. And but the I'm I'm curious to see. Fantastic Four is fifty percent interesting. Um, the thing see, and inter- Johnny Storm. I, I don't. Johnny Storm is fun. He's he's fun, but the thing never interests me. Oh, see, they to me, if they go into the character story, they had great character development stories with him in the eighties, where he basically, yeah, great, I'm a hero and no one will ever touch me or yeah. love me. And, and they, they really went into the, what would this do to you if, great, you are a lauded hero, you have great strength and power, you're really hard to kill, and your humanity is all you had to sacrifice to do it.
2: See,
0: and maybe it was just how I got into comics and, and reading stories. Like, I found, and I started more with X-Men. Fantastic Four was a later on thing right. for me to read, just because, and it was more... After reading it, was more things like, "Okay, there's important stuff I need to keep up on it." But the story of the hero that is untouchable or has that type of issue, I found more much more compelling in Rogue Mm for Maxman. I think her story was a lot more interesting that she has all this power and everything and cannot touch a single person or she'll kill them. But she can't like, touch outright. them with her skin. With her skin, but I mean. That's she can a- put on a pair of gloves and touch you just well, fine. That's, that's not the that same that level still of. still has a level of psychological impact. Absolutely. That, and mean, they played that she well. She couldn't find a blind person that she still has the same issue where yeah. the thing found love with with Alicia. That. yeah uh so i don't know i mean again it was just i guess i also just sometimes i'm not in the mood for the mopey what was me character and i don't know also yeah yeah well yeah rogue was hot rogue was hot that, so it made you did her to sympathize. and she to had a it,
1: cajun but, boyfriend so hey what do you what do you know well she, she had the the hot hunk of man flesh uh, gambit mm-hmm. for a long time there yep so, and then eventually hooked up with Magneto and all kinds of craziness. Yeah, Magneto but, but so, did, a... so did the Wasp. So, I mean, who hasn't hooked up with
0: Magneto at this stage? Yeah. So, anyhow, I, I still have high hopes that the X-Men universe can really see get fleshed out, get some interesting characters. They need to get that that one, though. The, and Wolverine's close but they're using him sort of sporadically but they need the they need the Tony Stark. They need Robert Downey Jr. esque yeah. character that everybody goes, Oh my God, he's so cool and putting him with all these other heroes just makes that movie even cooler. Right. But they need somebody that can just really carry and Wolverine's really the, the last the he's well, he's the through line on all yeah. of them and the Wolverine was a really really well done movie i thought overall yeah. um,
1: and i think you know financially you know worldwide receipts on that were completely satisfactory mm-hmm. and you know i've seen people you know critically an- annoyed by it but i don't and i don't really understand why it was really the, it was the boiled down essence of most of the japan yeah stories Logan is a is a regular, you know he they they took the idea of okay Ronan and oh look that fits this guy real well and ran with it. Yeah. Even even the Kitty Pride Wolverine miniseries did that pretty well, right? Yeah. Um, and they leveraged pretty much all of that and used it well, and they got some of the fan service in there. You know, Silver Samurai was there, Mariko was there. Yeah. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Yoshi or the 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 punky female? Oh yeah, um, yeah, Yogi or
0: yeah, Yoshi. I think yeah.
1: Um, Whatever. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was a little annoyed that they felt it necessary to make her a precog and give her a power. Right. When in the comic universe, she's yeah, just an assassin. Just an so assassin. Just she's just a, a well-trained right. human. Yeah. Um, but you know, they, they captured the the attitude mm-hmm. of the, oh, you think you're all that, Mr. Logan, huh? Yeah. Tap. Um, so I mean, it, it was all there. It was a decent story. It left the character in a pretty profoundly different place than when we found him. Right. It dealt with the consequences of the previous movie. And how rare is that in an action movie series? I mean, how much was Indiana Jones ever greatly affected by the events of the previous movie. Oh, never never. Precisely never. Yeah. Um, there, was, there was barely even a mention of where's the old female love interest? Got a got a new one here. Yeah. Um so to me that I find that refreshing mm-hmm. where and that tells me that they are interested in world building. Right. To uh, to greater extent. Because some of some of the stuff that was in uh, Origins. Wolverine was slightly rehashed or revisited little in the First bit. Class. Little bits of it. Little bit. Uh, little like the the version of Emma Frost, right? Which was major retcon from the comic book world, right? right. Giving her her secondary mutation right out of the gates, which yeah. is something that didn't come for decades in the comic series. A little annoying to a fanboy of the comics, yeah. But completely worked. For the first class universe. It
0: it worked. It was, yeah, it was definitely one of those things. And they had to, they have to always try to differentiate their psychics, basically. Because without that, it's it's, it's another psychic. What's
1: the big deal? Whereas in the comics, yeah, Emma Frost is like, wow, she was a really scary psychic. See, and I really think they're missing out on an opportunity here because something they've tapped on, they've beaten to death in the comic series for the psychics is the astral plane. Oh, yeah. And, for a visual medium like movies do you think they would you know they go into this realm where thought is manifested and mm-hmm. cut loose the cgi artists yeah. and go to town and you could have some fantastically great scenes on the astral plane that could really flesh out instead of just having the psychics looking at each other over a table and doing echoey voiceovers with right. them talking in each other's minds i want to go you know the the deep close-up into somebody's eye and then pan back out and they're on the astral plane and all bets are off. Yeah, and I mean, they had a they little go. of that in X2 with the uh, psychic sun, but not much. Right. But then they base that heavily in reality. They just mm-hmm. had him projecting a false reality right. to Xavier. Right. They touched on it a little bit whenever they show people scanning using Cerebro. Mm-hmm. And I thought the effect that they chose that uh, was really shadowy, neat. shadowy and clouded people like yeah. dropping in yeah. and I thought there was a really neat visualization of you know thumbing through the Rolodex of psyches on the Eastern Seaboard. Um, so more of that. And if they want to make you know, psychic's more compelling. They have the tools right there in the manuscript. They're just choosing not to use it.
0: Yeah, and uh, I'll I'll give credit. To you. Barry's right. Psionic would be the more term. Psychic would just be more of a medium True. type person. Psionic would be the ones that actually have the powers to. Well, psionic. The
1: difference between psionics yeah. and telepathy. Telepathy uh, is movement. So. Yeah. No, the, um, telekinetic. Telekinetic. Is the right. so telep- yeah. Telepath, telepath is, like, is
0: just thoughts, reading, yeah, reading or receiving.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, telepath always meant just images and thoughts. Yeah. Psionic, Psionic means, means I can attack yeah. or I can, I can, I can right. affect you. Right. And then telekinesis is affecting the physical world right. with the power of thought.
0: Anyhow, but yeah, I mean, that's definitely seemed to be because even speaking of going down a wiki hole. Yeah, exactly. Way off, way off target there. But I mean, they they always have with especially, you know, the Phoenix and then or Jean Grey at the time and Charles they had to keep them differentiated for the movie screen. And you know maybe psionics is something they'll eventually get to. It's the same way when you look at the Marvel folks on the the Avengers side, where they are completely keeping magic off the table right
1: now. Or they're they're making sure that every time magic is mentioned, it's with the caveat that this is merely supremely advanced technology. Just technology, yeah, just a different type of science. That's all. They made sure that they they you know from the get go yeah. have framed Asgard just as a fantastically advanced civilization. And right. Thor two. Only reinforces that yeah. they give their home city African force shield okay, and there were no there was no chanting and there were no magical items involved well he
0: f- i mean yeah. he
1: used his sword as a key to activate the mechanism right. yes right so they're still dressing it up they have all the all the set dressings of magic mm-hmm. to operate their technology but yet Loki can do
0: a bunch of stuff that you never see any technology being used. He just changes his appearance at will and stuff like that. But they never call that magic magic. directly. Um, But again, I still think that's something at some point they may... Incorporate because, yep. like I said, it cuts off a chunk of their universe. Well, and same really... with psionics you know, for X Men. That's a chunk. The astral pain has a lot of stories and a lot of bad yep. guys and a lot of things that go on there. That if they cut themselves off from it, you know, they, they're they're limiting they're it. Hurting. But
1: they also maybe deliberately limiting it because they say, no, we haven't. We have enough stories. We don't need that complication we we got enough you know physical world bad guys we got sentinels we got nimrod (laughs) nimrod um (laughs) there's one that i just can't get past the name the guy was a complete badass and was a great but nimrod and i know know. it's from myth and legend and it's it has all kind but that's not how we use the word in the modern united states so yeah Takes one of
0: those, yeah. I mean, maybe in Myth and Legends somewhere, Jerk Nuts was a great, exactly. great name. But if you named your bad guy that right now, you'd be like... <laughs> Let's
1: change that. All right.
0: Yep. Okay, so uh, that was a lot of talk about X-Men. We talked about
1: that. It's actually, yeah, that reminds me of when they were doing the Matrix films, the Hover Chef. Uh, hover shaft, hovercraft <laughs> flying down <Wow>. the shaft <laughs> um, during production. The original script was the Mjolnir. Oh, yeah. And when you watch Matrix reloaded, they've redone the dialogue. The, so it's, it's just the hammer. Oh, it's just a hammer. It's okay. the hammer because yeah. they couldn't get Mjolnir to fly because people are the what? Right. Meow, meow. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> wow. So they sculpted it uh, based on their target audience.
0: Okay. So one of the other stories I wanted to touch on really quick was the fact that Emily Armelia Clark was officially cast in the Terminator reboot. Amelia Clark being of Game of Thrones mother of Dragon's fame. Yep. Uh is going to take on the role of Sarah Connor's. And Sarah Connor. What was originally slated
1: being kind of Terminator 5 is now Terminator, Terminator reboot. reboot. Everything old is new again. Which I mean, I
0: I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little unhappy that they felt the need to reboot the series. Yeah, uh, I thought they already touched on that a little bit with um, Terminator Three, which was basically I thought Terminator Three, even though it wasn't a very criti- critically or like money wise, did well film. It made bank it did a good, but it did a great job of really solidifying the fact that it kept the tone of the series this is going to happen yeah. there is no changing it this is happening even though we have time travel you can't stop judgment day yeah terminator you can maybe F- move it a little bit. yeah terminator 4 or salvation, salvation Yep. it felt like the writers watched a little too much of the matrix yeah and then kind of were like well maybe there's factions of robots and the robots some of robots don't want to kill everybody and some do and blah 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 it's like no that's Skynet. Skynet is the one that we're fighting. There isn't Skynet and a lot Kill of humans. Kill yeah. humans. So, and now
1: we have to reboot it and and it, it's a, another one. This is one that makes me sad because really they stabbed Sarah Connor Chronicles in the face right. just as it was getting good. Yeah. Where they told they they threw the total curveball of, "Hey, we're in the future now." Yeah. And John Henry is not at all what you thought it yeah. was. And like, what the hell just happened? Who's mm-hmm. the... No, I don't... Oh! And you'll never get to see the end never, of that story. No idea, yeah. Um, so, but they were clearly going somewhere with that. Um, but the... Uh, yeah, and so they have circled around to the, no, we'll just do it over again.
0: Yeah, which, I mean, so far, all these reboots of Arnold movies have worked so well. The Conan reboot, which was god-awful. And Jason Momoa couldn't save that. No, he was. I mean, he was not terrible. He just was in a terrible script. Yeah. Uh, and then I haven't even watched the Total Recall reboot. No, I me mean, neither. I've just heard. I've
1: heard that it was okay as its own, on its own movie. I mean, they're yeah. both adapted from a freaking short story. No, yeah, I know. I but mean, I mean, the first Total Recall is
0: classic. And again, so you're for going, its time, yes. Oh, well, even now. I mean, it's still it's cult classic now, maybe, yes. but it definitely still has some, you know. You, a, it was both incredible action at the time, uh, very macho, very campy, very over the top. Yeah, but I mean, come on, he's killing. People. Screw you, Why? screw you, Bennett. <laughs> uh, so, but they also still introduce some a lot of that. You know, is this all in his head? Is it not all in his head? So I thought they did a good job. With I
1: that. and I really I, I fall on the it's totally in his head just because they they dropped it, dropped the line before. He went in the machine. Mm-hmm. They had the tech walk by. Yeah, oh, blue sky on Mars. That's new.
0: Well, that was the last little. You know, that's the thing that always keeps you keep guessing. I know the whole thing was was well done. There is no right answer they, to be.
1: You can't. There's no way you can definitively say it one was way definitely or in his head. It yeah. definitely happened. Yeah. So and it's good. It and it was. It, keeps, it was what it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and really, I don't. My I've not seen it, but I'm, I'm given to understand that not a lot of that is in. Universe. No,
0: it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. So,
1: anyways, not a lot of
0: evidence that it's there. The Terminator universe, to me, is such a rich universe that you don't have to just redo the same story and have yeah. it again of the Terminator coming back in time trying to kill Sarah Connor. It's like we've, we've seen that story. There's a lot of other things we could explore. They tried to do it a little on Salvation. I just think they went off the rails a little bit from the core just darkness of the movie yeah. that I think you could get back to that. I
1: thought Sarah Connor Chronicles did a better job of it, and you don't they, need to reboot. They basically. need to think smaller, I think, because you could, you could totally make an action movie about nothing but the assault on Skynet's facility that leads up to Reese traveling back for the original movie. Sure. And the... There's a whole action movie right there, and you already have all the um, backstory done. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to waste a lot of time saying, who's who, why are we here, why are those robots trying to kill us? We can drop you in with a minimal intro and saying the final assault on Skynet has begun. The following three MacGuffins must be completed before our heroes can access the time travel device right and go and <sighs> those things that you where you're expecting you show up for one movie and you get another
0: yeah but I mean unfortunately Michael Bean is an old man now <laughs> and that's, that's where, where lookalike actors yeah. come in you got to get a young guy in there unfortunately I but. mean
1: and I mean but if the, but if you can reboot a beloved franchise like yeah, sure. Trek sure Sure. Successfully, with all brand new young actors, then you it can absolutely be done with any franchise right and maybe and may, maybe there's some twist on
0: it that they can put in like they did with Trek where it's an homage, but it's different, and that D- type but of they thing. deliberately
1: gave themselves the mechanism of we're going to tell different stories without destroying right your beloved existing stories. Ooh, alternate timeline, and go. Yeah, yeah. And they managed to cram that all into one really badly worded scene, and got through it quickly in the original film, and just, okay, we're done. Now we're in. We will never speak of it again. And then they spoke of it again in the next one, where they go and talk to old Spock about Khan. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah, I, like, let go. <laughs> but it made... Because of what they were going for with the deliberate almost one-to-one mirroring, but with reversed roles that they went for for this movie versus Wrath of Khan, they needed that input so Spock could know exactly what he was up against. I know. I don't know. I mean, my only...
0: I have very little issues with this, with the the newest Star Trek, other than the fact that Khan to me, was a pretty sympathetic character. Totally. Like, I got his motivations. I got what he was doing. He was ruthless, but he was ruthless in pursuit of a
1: goal that I could at least get behind. They were assuming you knew of his backstory. Right. And knew what he would do if he gained his freedom. Right,
0: but they did not they didn't go articulate into, it much. They didn't the articulate
1: movie. it very well, because in, yeah. originally in the original old series episode, sure. they talked about how they rampaged over the earth and right. everyone right. had to rise up against them, and then Wrath of Khan obviously was... We're at the freaking con, right. Um, well, and the other big problem was is they the
0: the person who kind of tried to explain why he was such a bad dude was Peter Weller's character, right? Who was, who was such a bad, bad dude, dude <laughs>
1: <laughs> that you're like, oh, well, I don't believe you at all. Right. <laughs> so, um, uh, no, I mean, they, they, I think they gave him enough opportunities to be ruthless in full camera view to make you fear him. Well, you you feared him, but at the
0: same time, you know his his scene where he's with Kirk and saying like, "What would you do for your crew?" That oh, absolutely! Thing, but like, it's just well, a matter. Yeah. I was
1: still afraid what would happen if he and he, what did he do as soon as he got you know two ounces of freedom on on the bridge of the uh, other well, ship? Well, again, he went he went turned to on his, immediately because he knew he was. not uh, But again, you're like, well, what? Where was his choice? I'm pretty but, sure we're working for him. Which yeah. is a great line. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, there's all know. manner of but that's that that proves you don't have to go back to the original actors right. now looking at um i actually saw a fun article with jj J. abrams saying yeah that whole idea of denying that the character was con before the movie came out that was freaking stupid and gonna do that again right <laughs> that that was uh, the idea was oh it would be a surprise reveal and like no, didn't nah, work. Totally didn't work. We're not going to do that again. Yeah. Now, now he's doing the complete opposite, though, with Star Wars Episode Seven. Yeah, bringing back all the original actors right. to reprise their roles, and I'm assuming setting it in a time that's age appropriate for where the actors are now, which is not young.
0: Well, and that makes sense. I mean, if if you're continuing on the story, yeah, you're going to have. You have a, a wealth of either novels and such that you can draw from or you can kind of go its own route and say, okay, we've just had a, you know, basically revolt completed and you look at the upheaval that causes and all the issues that would go along with it. I think you have a
1: really interesting universe
0: still, yep. even without the big bad of Darth Vader and the Emperor oh. running around.
1: Well, I mean, the, the, in the expanded universe there's no shortage of trials and sure. antagonists to come up against because and they made the, right out of the gates with the original Timothy Zahn novels oh, yeah. they made the point of yeah you killed the emperor it doesn't mean the empire just just Thanish. disappears yeah. Yeah. this huge organization with with thousands of officers in it uh no, no. you're gonna have to deal yeah. with them and it's going to be a long, slow, grueling battle mm-hmm. where you grind them down. Easier, uh, but still, no. You've run. won a decisive battle, right? And you have taken back, you know, the capital, and you are reinstating, uh, you know, ostensibly democratic rule. You're, you're bringing the Senate back. It doesn't mean the people are sure. gone, and they've just changed their minds about how they think things should be run. They still see you as. Terrorists and rebels, yeah. and that their their sworn duty is to unseat you and write your stories and right. go right go. Um, you know, they leave behind you know minor people like Mara Jade, right? With, with perhaps well, you have
0: of course like the whole the dark side of the Force and all that stuff, and so it you... just doesn't evaporate, right? It doesn't evaporate. Well, I mean, it even even throughout all of the Star Wars literature and stuff, it, and and movies and and everywhere else, you always see there's a balance to the Force, right? So if suddenly you've wiped out all the
1: Sith, you've now created an imbalance on the light side that needs to get reshifted. Yeah, but I mean, I thought that was one of the the cute things that. Lucas did mm-hmm. is Anakin ultimately fulfilled his destiny to bring balance to the force right when he finally killed the Emperor right
0: he, he brought balance to the force in the sense that he wiped out a dark side that had gone really really
1: powerful but but, uh, but he did it twice he brought balance to the force in that the light side was way dominant sure and he helped Palpatine rise up rise up and balance and then tipped it the other way yeah and then tipped things back. What state he left it in, yeah. who can say? But the obviously, the light side welcomed him in. in so he, got to, he, he got to be a Chloe Force right, ghost right. when all was said and done. He got to say, you
0: get a point, and you, you get, get a point. point. Ah, balance still the Force.
1: Yeah. Nimiclorians. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to forgive you for that one, George. <laughs> I'm not going to forgive you so that's what he, he needs a scene in episode 7
0: what about the middle shut your mouth shut your <laughs> filthy you filthy shut mouth your dirty
1: mouth those well, things whatever. that the the high council group hallucinated about the existence of and turned out was not true yeah. at all ever 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 not gonna speak yeah. of it again
0: after 30 years, we've disproven that theory completely. Right. <laughs> Remember
1: back when we thought it was microorganisms yeah. that brought us force... Yeah. To... <laughs>
0: this little sucker right here, he's got a bajillion of them in him, and he can't do a single force trick to save his life. Mm-hmm.
1: Midichlorians is complete bull. <laughs> Midichlorians! Yeah. Red psychops. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, we'll see what J.J. does with the bringing back the proper old cast rather than recasting them as young people, the, the man is all over the genre like a rash, mm-hmm. and I have a hard time really finding fault. I mean, Super 8 was kind of meh. I didn't... I didn't watch that one. Yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah, It's got a real Goonies and E.T. vibe yeah. to it because it's kids it, on the cusp of puberty... Yeah discovering friendship and girls and a giant monster all at the same time. So um, it has the, the, the Amblin, you know, yeah. E.T. feel to sure, it. Sure, sure. Um, I just, I just, I remember it being very successful in the theaters. and remember saying, oh, this is the must-go-see movie. And I finally caught it on streaming. And I don't know if I was just tired or in the yeah. wrong mood. I'm like, uh, just give me a clear shot of the damn monster, will you? This is, not, is this Cloverfield? Yeah. Oh wait, same guy. <laughs> uh oh. Uh-oh. Never gonna see the critter. Right. Um. So, yeah. is he's not all hits all the time? No. Last episode of Lost. Um. But more hits than misses, I think. Sure.
0: No, he's got a lot of cred built up now as well. Yeah.
1: Let's hope so. he doesn't squander because you know, yet another beloved fan fancha- franchise has been entrusted to him. Well. Like I said, he's got... This one has a lot of
0: a shot because, you know, the last offerings in it were not the greatest, so... He's shooting it on real sets. Ooh. Yeah. One I mean. of those... <laughs> well, I know they've. You saw the model, or not, the one to one scale,
1: the one to one scale Millennium Falcon. Oh, that's Holy like that bodes you. very well. Yeah, where they're choosing to spend that their money it's awesome. That is the coolest thing. Phoenix Comic Con. I want to
0: see that here in like ten years. I want to see ship that in.
1: Yep, bring it in <laughs> a piece at a time. <laughs> right. Actually, if they, they were smart, they would build it in a location that it could like build it attached to Disney World. Yeah film their scenes, Mm -hmm. and then open Open the the (laughs) door. That's right. Why, Disney, you can send me a check for the idea, seeing as you own them now. Why are you not doing this? I'm
0: sure they're like, we have enough money that if we wanted to, we could hire an army of people to carry it by hand across the country to Disney World. Or just sculpt (laughs) another one out of butter or something. (laughs) Yeah, we will make it an ice sculpture that will have to be recarved every six hours. Mm -hmm.
1: And that's how much money we have. We can do that. So from the last thing from the research said before we call it a shoe, yet another in this whole realm of new ways for us to get entertained. Yeah. So we've been looking at and hailing Netflix and Hulu and the like for their efforts to not only, you know, deliver what Hollywood and, you know, television networks have to offer, but to make their own, create their own. So Hulu, you know, we have the Awesomes on mm-hmm. Hulu, and we have we had Lilyhammer, and we have the upcoming Marvel on, uh, and we had House of Cards, House of Cards, uh, um, uh, Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black, all the original programming that right. Netflix is getting into. Netflix is also looking at starting to deliver content in 4K. Oh, wow! Kiss your bandwidth cap goodbye yeah. at that point. Uh, when well, is Google Fiber coming? Not yeah. fast enough. Kiss your bank account away if you have to buy a TV now <laughs> to
0: support that.
1: I just was finalizing my plans to go to Consumer Electronics Show nice. and the uh, New Media Expo and Podcast Awards, which are right next to each yeah. other conveniently this year, and I'm curious to see more stuff that I will never own. Right, or at least not but, for 10 years. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess I got my $300, you know, yeah. 1080p sacrificial TV in the next room, So, but Microsoft, now jumping into the fray. Yeah. Not all that surprising when you look at the Xbox One and what it's designed to be. Media media hub. Yeah. Yep. media hub. Yeah, media hub. They want it to be the center of your media consumption the same way Apple wants the iTunes store to be the center of your consuming universe. Mm-hmm. Microsoft would like the Xbox One to be the center of your universe. And so they are launching an initiative to create original content yeah. to be distributed via their platform. Netflix has Arrested Development, Season 4, House of Cards, and more. Amazon has Alpha House. Next year, Microsoft is entering the realm of original shows available via the Xbox 360 and Xbox One, wisely not abandoning the installed base of 360s. True. Um, this is from GameInformer.com. Nancy Tellum. <laughs> Tellum, <'em>, Nancy. <laughs> President Damn. of Entertainment and Digital at Microsoft. Joining the company and joined the company in 2012 to help create original programming for the Xbox. Company is still discerning what type of original show will speak best to the Xbox's install base. Hmm, another uh, series of uh, Halo forward onto Dawn, perhaps. Um, discussion about whether or not to make the content only on Xbox or best on Xbox. Microsoft Interactive NFL broadcasts are referenced as an example of
0: best on Xbox. So taking something existing, using the
1: enhancements that the Xbox it, can you know, bring. To, but to you can in, still consume it, it via other right. methods. Heavily uh, peppered with Xbox One advertisements. Of course. So if, if you were watching this on Xbox One, you would also have these additional features. Yeah. <laughs> Ads.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. So I, I'm going to give them their money-making idea now, and they can thank me later for this. Send your checks to P.O. Box 13503. Hire Felicia Day to make a program for it. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're talking about their biggest issue is trying to figure out because the Xbox still is mainly a gaming console, whereas Netflix you can get a, on a wide variety of devices. Yep. So it's easier for them to just make a show that's a good show, but it doesn't have to cater to a specific audience because there's people that are consuming this now or
1: everywhere. They don't even need to ever do anything. original. just take some of the stuff they've created for Geek and Sundry. Right. And make... Xbox-only episodes. Right.
0: That's what I... That's If they need to focus on gamers and because it's such a tricky proposition, yep. but the person that has hit it so far the best... And created a YouTube Fel-
1: network that is successful...
0: Has been Felicia Day. By... You write her, a, large her check. a lot of money and say, make us exclusive content, yep. and you have a built-in fan base that yep. would come to your box and start
1: watching stuff solely, probably... You could get people that may only buy an Xbox just so they could watch that. Now, keep in mind... You will not be able to buy her content. You'll be able to license it from her, which I find very ironic, uh, this being Microsoft. But one of the things I admire most about uh, Felicia in her early efforts to get published and get Mm -hmm. on the air was her steadfast refusal to sign away her rights to her own creations because she was frequently offered large amounts of money up front to develop the guild and develop other content and just sign right here, and we own it. Right. And she's like, "No, no, not going there." Oops, sorry about that. Yeah, music going. Went <laughs> back, went uh, to the wrong place there. Yeah, I know. She eventually did
0: do a partnership with Sprint, partnered, which was partnered, but retained but not, ownership. It's yeah. basically sponsorship,
1: which is the way it should be for a creator.
0: And you know, that's that's if Microsoft really wants to hit on that type of programming. Then they do whatever deal they need to do yep. to get it on there and keep some sort of exclusivity on it, even if it's a limited, right. even if it's a year or whatever. But keep it locked in. Premieres for a bit. on
1: Xbox, and
0: then and they do that a, a ton with games right yep. now and, and other stuff. That that's the type that person and that that space is what I think they should yeah, go for fit. first. Yep.
1: After that, once you've got people watching, then yeah, go out there and do some interesting things. That hey, are Microsoft, off-site. Tom Merritt. You know, end yeah. of December, his contract with uh, this week in tech is up, and he's there a free agent.
0: There you get, go.
1: Get him on your network right now. There's
0: a lot of lot of there's there's the you know the casualties of G four shutting down. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have you have options out there to get things that aren't just moronic when it comes to the gaming audience. Yeah, and that's what I think you got to shoot for.
1: All right, all right. Unplanned interruptions and children aside. <laughs> <laughs>
0: smoke from the computer well,
1: hey, details details right. you have been listening to casually hardcore live on Alpha Geek Radio you can find us all over the web we are on the facebook just do a search for casually hardcore or a search for alpha geek radio there's separate pages for the network if you want to get updates of when anything is going live follow the network if you want just information about casually hardcore the show like casually hardcore you can just find us on the Twitter. We are Alpha Geek Radio for the Network. Hardcore Casuals is the Twitter feed for the show. I am on there as Gnomewise. He is on there as Izzy Grail. That's I Z Z Y G R A I L. Uh, send us the emails to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. You can use the TuneIn.com app to listen to us on your mobile devices, and there are many that are supported. Just follow the link on the front page of AlphaGeekRadio.com to TuneIn.com. You see the list of supported devices, all kinds of set-top boxes, smart TVs, mobile devices, heck, even Blackberries. Or you can simply point your mobile browser to mobile.alphaGeekRadio.com for a quick and easy way to tune in when you can't be near your computer but you want to listen to shows live. Speaking of live shows, just click on the Shows tab to see the ever-increasing list of live shows that are on the network and the ever-increasing list of 24-7 shows. Tune in any old time and you're likely to find something that hits you in your happy place. Or does that sound too dirty? Mm. Hit it again.
3: Yeah,
2: Mm. baby, yeah! I I was
1: actually watching that last night. The uh, Austin Powers. Austin Powers? Yeah. Yeah. Watching the Dr. Evil meeting Scott scene. Yeah. Hug. A hug. 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 <laughs> Get away from me, you lazy-eyed freak. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten how much funny he was in that role. Uh... But anyway, so keep an eye on the uh, front page of AlphaGeekRadio.com. We are uh-huh. haven't finalized what shape uh, our uh, winter hiatus will take. Uh, finalizing plans for travel to Vegas for CES and the New Media Expo and all that fun stuff, Mm -hmm. and travel to see family and all kinds of New Year's stuff. So once we have that sussed out, I will put a post on Alpha Geek Radio and you will know when to tune in for live, what special events we may be doing, and when we will be missing our regular showtime. So happy holidays to all of you in case for some reason we leapfrog over the holidays yeah. before we come back. If this was, is the end, then have it's a half the hour. end, man! <laughs> if it's not the end, then we'll see, we'll you, see next you next week. <laughs> anyway, I have been Nomize. And I've been Grail. And we are out of here.
2: Bye bye, radio people. Bomba deed, bomba bomba bomba
3: bomba